this week, uh, actually, it was just a couple days ago, Grandma was over, and uh, we were talking about uh, the air fryer, crock pot, pressure cooker, and she was mentioning how she, you just can't find a good roast anymore. Like, it's, it's hard to find a roast. Now, of course, she's mentioning this, and my first reaction is, are you going to the fairway meat department? Because I think if you've used like Fairways Meat Department, Walmart, Hy-Vee, any others, Fairways just, you know, it's better. That's just what there is. It's, it's always been that way. Unless you're looking for Italian sausage and then you have to go to Hy-Vee because they've got the Graziano Brothers sausage or actually better yet, just go up to Des Moines and get Graziano Brothers sausage from them. You know, there's these places like the Fairway Meat Department, Graziano's. It's just, it's unique. It's special. It's like you just can't get it anywhere else. It's like I try to hear all these places thinking now they're going to start using a taco pizza. No, you're not Casey's. You just can't do it. You don't know how. It's just, it's the way that it is, you know? And it's like Dr. Pepper. I love Dr. Pepper. It's, you know, Jen had it last week for an illustration and and it looked delicious. I didn't have any of it. I let her go ahead and have it. But if you've ever had the Dublin Dr. Pepper, I'm talking the original Dr. Pepper in the glass bottle, so much better than anything they make now. It's just, it's completely different. Of course, now they can't even make it and you can't get it. Kind of reminds me of sometimes on the, uh, the afternoons, we would be going over to grandma and grandpa's We'd be down in this area, and we're always looking for something to eat. Now, me, growing up, I'm a mashed potato and gravy guy. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Some of you might already know where I'm going with this, but there was no mashed potatoes and gravy like the Derby Diner. Oh. Oh. Derby's Diner mashed potatoes and gravy. Oh, that was just so good. But see, that's, that's like what we have as Christians. We have something that nobody can get anywhere else. These are things that you can't get it anywhere else. You can't get like the service and the freshness, like going to Fairway grocery store. You can't get mashed taters and gravy like the Derby Diner had. It doesn't matter. I love grandma's, but it's just still, it's not Derby Diner. It's just the way it is. I love Dr. Pepper, but it's not Dublin Dr. Pepper. It's just, it's not like it. And I don't care how many crushed red chili paper flakes you want to put in your Italian sausage, it ain't Graziano Brothers. There are just these things that you just, you can't get anywhere else. And you know them. And we've all got these items that you have to go to a specific store or a certain shop or a certain person to get that thing because you can't get it anywhere else. And yet the world is needing something that we have and they can't get it anywhere else. Uh, do you know what that thing is? That thing that we have that the world can't get anywhere else. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. The world is facing so many issues and you see it out there. You see it when you start looking at like news headlines. I just pulled up NPR real quick to see what it said. Uh, the Astro World Festival joins a list of historical concert tragedies. Rising sea levels threaten the lives and livelihood of those on a fragile U.S. coast. Rebels are closing in on Ethiopia's capital 
and its collapse could bring chaos. Drought is forcing farmers to make tough choices. Drug maker drops cheaper version of drug, leaving patients stuck with the pricier one. These are the news headlines. And I even left out the political ones because they tend to be even worse. There's just all of this that's going on in the world, all of these problems that they're facing. And yet if you're even open to looking back through history, you can see this vicious cycle where we just keep repeating the exact same mistakes. There truly is nothing new under the sun. Everything that is happening right now has already happened before. But yet we're not learning from our mistakes. We don't understand how to get out of these things. We don't understand what it's going to take to actually face these problems and come out better and on the other side of it. The world has no clue. They don't know. And yet here we are as Christians and we know because we've already faced the worst thing that anyone could ever face, which would be eternal death. And we've already come out on the other side of it with eternal life. We already have the answer. We already have the solution. We already have Jesus. So why aren't we giving him Jesus? Why are we not giving him Jesus? See, if I was to really try to put a title on this message, it would be just give him Jesus. See, and a lot of this is stuff that I've been studying and I've been looking at over the last few weeks and it's been on my heart for maybe even longer than that. And, you know, Genevieve with her message yesterday and sh- or last week and she was talking about how we don't want that watered down version. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, this is tricky because I needed to know what God was putting on her heart when she's asking me for some help because he had put something similar on my heart. And I'm like, I mean, if I'm supposed to just give you everything I've got, I'll give you everything I got. But if there's a different message here, Well, I want to help you with that. And then yesterday, actually, I think it was Wednesday. I think Michael even asked me, he's like, hey, what are you preaching on Sunday? I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm preaching. I didn't have clear understanding, clear direction, clear vision for what I should be preaching. Yesterday, we took off in the morning, headed down to Bethany, Missouri, down to the Toot Toot, which if you've never been to the Toot Toot, you you can only go to Bethany, Missouri to get the Toot Toot. It was good, wasn't it, kids? It was your first experience at the toot-toot. Good thing is sometimes the toot-toot will make you toot-toot. But it was good. It was delicious food. We met up with some missionaries. They're from Haiti, and they're in, and they're kind of traveling around. And he's known me and kind of come across to me through YouTube. And because of that, he wanted to meet me. And, you know, he tells his daughter, he's like, hey, this is Pastor Josh. He's the first YouTuber I've ever met. Her, being like eight years old, was thoroughly unimpressed and rolled her eyes. <laughs> and I'm like, did you just roll your eyes because I'm a YouTuber? Yep. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. That, that works. But I just, I grabbed him and I pulled him on camera and I'm like, hey, Luke, I got a question for you. He's like, yeah, what's that? I was like, well, what should I preach tomorrow? Like, I, I have no idea what to preach. And he's like, well, pastor, he's like, here's what I think. I think as long as you're wearing pants, you can't go wrong. And I'm like, okay, so no preaching about David running around naked with, you know, an illustration in there. We're, we're good with that. And he said, and uh, how about you just, just give him Jesus? 
And as soon as he said that, there was like this, this check in my heart. I'm like, just give him Jesus. This is perfect. This is something that's kind of been on my mind because I sit there and I think about what we as Christians are giving them and we're not giving them Jesus. We're giving them some of the Bible. We're giving them snippets of Scripture. We're giving them a lot of motivational thoughts. But we're not giving them Jesus. And that's what we're supposed to do is just give them Jesus. Now what I want us to look at is these bold claims that Jesus makes in His Word. I want you to turn to John chapter 14, and we're going to look at verse 6 as the main text for this morning. It's a whopping two sentences. Whopping two sentences, but in these two sentences, Jesus makes this huge, profound, bold claim. Like you're not going to get any bolder of a claim than what Jesus makes. But what Jesus is making with this bold claim is he's also offering them Three things that they can get nowhere else. Jesus says in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Bold statement. Bold statement that just ruffles all the religious feathers out there. And it's still ruffling feathers today. People are like, how can you be so arrogant to say that Jesus is the only way? And my response to them when they say that to me is, I'm not arrogant. I'm confident that Jesus is telling the truth because he is the truth. Jesus is the one that says he's the only way. I didn't say it. He said it. You got a problem with it. Go take it up with him. Don't be shooting the messenger here. I'm just giving you the message and the same message that Jesus gave. But these three things that he's offering the world, I'm the way. When the world is out there and they have no understanding and no idea of where they're even going or how to get to where they need to be going. Here's Jesus and he's like, hello, I'm the way. I can show you. When the world is out there and they're, they're questioning what even is truth? What is right? What is wrong? What is good? What is bad? How can I trust anything that anybody says? We've got all of these leaders, these politicians, and now the, the, the politicians, they're just professional liars. How can we trust anything that anybody says? And here's Jesus saying, hello, I'm the truth. And then we see so much chaos and so much destruction and so much death all around us. I mean, that NPR headline, Astroworld Festival, the tragedy, eight people died at that festival just because the crowd surging the stage. Eight people died. People saying that it felt like they couldn't even breathe. There were that many people. They were in that close. And we've still got COVID-19. I'm like, what happened to the 19 portion of it? Why isn't that still back there two years ago? This is 2021. Where's the 19 at? And yet people are still dying because of it. And there's still a fear because of all of the illnesses that we see in the world. 
And yet here's Jesus, and he's like, hello, I'm the life. Jesus is making these bold statements and he's offering three things that we can get nowhere else. You can't find the way without Jesus. You can't discover truth without Jesus. And you'll never have life without Jesus. That's what Jesus is saying. We start off with this first thing that he's given. The first claim, the first offering that he has. I am the way. The way. Let's pull this up, uh, Matthew chapter 8, and I want you to see this. Matthew 8, 22. They came to, uh, 8, 22, they came to Bethesda, and they said, or they brought a blind man to him and begged him. Actually, did I put Matthew? I meant Mark. I had Matthew. I meant Mark. I'm looking down at that, and I'm seeing the screen, and that's off. Mark chapter 8, verse 22 through 25 It says, then he came to Bethesda. They brought him a man and begged him to touch him. So he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the town. And when he had spit on his eyes, yep, that's right. Jesus hawked a loogie right in this man's eyes. He asked him if he saw anything. He looked up and he said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hands on his eyes again, made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. We go back up there to verse 22. It says, he came to Bethesda. They brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. The world that we are living in right now is blind and they are begging for a touch of Jesus. This is a blind world because they have no idea what's going on. They don't know where to go. They don't know where they've been. They don't know anything out there. They don't even know where they're going. And yet this blind world, they need somebody to guide them through the world. And here's Jesus. He's like, hello, I'm the way. And just like with this blind man, as we see in verse 23, Jesus took him by the hand and led him out of the town. He took him by the hand, led him out of the town. You see, they need a guide. This man needed a guide, a blind man without somebody to guide him. A blind man without somebody to guide him? But we've got a world that is blind that is not listening to Jesus. They're listening to the world. The world is listening to the world. The blind are listening to the blind. And Jesus told us what would happen when the blind are listening to the blind. Because in Matthew 15, 14, here's what he says. Jesus, leave them alone. They are blind leaders of the blind, and if the blind leads the blind, they will both fall in a ditch. If you can't look out in the world right now and see that we're all in a ditch, and we don't know how to get out, you're blind. Because that's what's going on in the world. It is blind leading the blind. And Jesus is right here and he's like, I'm the way. I'm the one that will guide you out of the ditch. I'm the one who will keep you out of the ditch. All you need to do is just follow me. Jesus is our guide. Jesus is the one that is leading us. And he's not just leading us to get the the sight restored. You look at a verse back there in Mark 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 25. After the guy sits there and he's like, oh, I see men walking around like trees. What does Jesus do? In Mark 8, 25, he puts his hands on his eyes again and made him look up. 
He puts his hands on his eyes again, forces him to look up. And then he was restored and saw everything clearly. You see, this world is blind and begging for a touch of Jesus. And all Jesus is ready for is he's like, give me the opportunity and I'm going to snap your head around so you can see clearly. Because you're facing the wrong direction. You don't even know what's going on. And that's where Jesus is at. And that's what he's coming through. And he's like, I'm the way. Let me guide you. Let me show you. Jesus is the only one that ever came to this world and navigated it perfectly. Without flaw, without failure, without a misstep. And we think we want to listen to our neighbors, our coworkers, our politicians. We want to listen to the talking head pundits on TV. We want to listen to celebrities like somehow they know what's going on. Come on, give it six months and you'll see how much mistakes they have made because it's going to be back in the news headlines. And yet here was Jesus, 33 and a half years on this earth, and he didn't make one mistake. Didn't trip up once, didn't fall once, never failed. That's why he's the way and he's the only one that can guide us through this life because he's the only one who has successfully, successfully made it through this life. That's what Jesus is doing. He's like, I am the way. When Jesus is involved, eyes are open, actions are changed, life is restored. Jesus and Jesus alone is the way. So just give him Jesus so he can show him the way. Jesus makes this second big offering, this second bold statement. And he says, hey, I'm the truth. I'm the truth. If you've ever doubted that nothing in this world has really changed and everything is still the same and there's nothing new under the sun, all you have to do is go back to John 18, 38 and see what Pilate said when he was questioning Jesus before his crucifixion. Pilate says to Jesus, what is truth? That's the same question that the world is asking today. It's the same question that people out in the world are asking us today. We sat there and we claim that the Bible is true and they're like, well, how do you even know what truth is? They're only asking, how do you know what truth is? Because they don't know what truth is. I mean, that's like somebody who has never experienced a taco salad trying to claim that there's no such thing as a taco salad. You've never even experienced it. You don't know what it is. And it's delicious. It's even better when we call it a walking taco and we stick it in a bag of Doritos. <laughs> and if you haven't experienced it, come to Iowa. We'll show you what it's all about. But it's like, if, if they've never experienced it, how do you even question it? You have no knowledge of this. You're ignorant. Stop asking ignorant questions. But that's exactly what Pilate did. And that's exactly what the world is doing. Because all the world knows is what Pilate knew. All he knew was his feelings opinions and laws but the truth is different from feelings truth is different from opinions truth is different from laws i remember when i was even 18 years old i graduated high school and the way that i felt at the time was you know what i'm five foot four i'm gonna be short for the rest of my life because here i am i'm an adult and i'm a midget and it was like, that's just the way I am. And it's going to be that way forever. But you know what? Those feelings changed about three months later when I went through a growth spurt and gained eight inches. 
And all of a sudden, my feelings changed. I will not be short forever. I also remember a time not that long ago when I had an opinion that everything that was made by Apple was evil. And it was horrible. And I couldn't stand it. And I thought it was just a waste of time, of money. Don't want an iPhone. Don't want an iPod. Don't want an iMac. Don't want anything that starts with an I that came from Apple. Until I found a software that was kind of intriguing and it's only available on Apple products. And all of a sudden, I tried it out. And my opinion on Apple has changed. <laughs> I don't think everything is evil with Apple. I think that in certain scenarios, Apple products can be good and beneficial. I have had to change my opinion. See? Feelings can change. Opinions can change. Laws can change. Do you know back in 1974 is when we first had instituted a national speed limit? Nixon put it in. 55 miles per hour. I mean, it wound up being a good thing because the accident death rate on highways dropped by like 4% that first year. So, I mean, it saved lives. That was in... 74, six years later, 1980, all of a sudden they changed the law. The law was then changed and now all of a sudden you can do 65 on interstate highways. Another 15 years later in 1995, they decided that we're going to change the law one more time. And now we're going to give the power back to the states and the states can set their own speed limits. And so... Within a matter of years, there was like 32 different states that all of a sudden they raised their speed limits to 70 miles an hour. And I believe there's like a 40 mile an hour or a 40 mile stretch down in San Antonio, Texas that is actually 85 miles an hour. See, these laws change. Opinions change. Feelings change. Truth never changes. Jesus never changes changes. 70 times in the New Testament, over 70 times, I want to say it's 78 actually, Jesus makes this statement, these, these five words, I tell you the truth. How refreshing is it to know that there is a leader that will tell us the truth? And not only will he tell us the truth, Jesus never lies. He never stretches the truth. He never leaves out necessary information. He never sugarcoats things and he will never twist it because Jesus is the truth. The world may sit there and think that the Bible is old and the Bible is outdated and, and the ways and the teachings of it, they're not relevant for today. That's what the world thinks. But you want to know what Jesus says? Matthew 24, 35, here's what Jesus says. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Jesus says his word is eternal. The world needs truth. The world has never really experienced truth. So what we got to do is just give them Jesus so they can have the truth. 
And then this third big bold claim, this third offering that Jesus gives, he says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Jesus is offering life. You've probably heard it said that there are only two guarantees in this life. Anybody know what those are? Death and taxes. Death and taxes. The only two guarantees. I mean, we're all going to have to pay taxes. We do. Even kids that don't have a job, they're like, I don't have to pay taxes until they go to the store and they try to buy something. And then all of a sudden, there's a sales tax. Guess what? That's a guarantee. You're going to have to pay it. And then there's death. And one day, every single one of us will face the same inevitable end. A stopped heart. This thing in here will stop ticking and will stop beating for each and every one of us. And for many people, that is frightening. And even though all men will die, Jesus is the difference maker. Jesus changes what was inevitable. Turn with me to John chapter 11. So just flip back a few. John 11, and I want you to hone in here on verse 20 down through 26. You've probably come across the story of Lazarus and him being raised from the dead. But before that actually takes place later in the chapter, we have this conversation that takes place earlier. It says in verse 20 of John 11, Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary was sitting in the house. Now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. Martha says to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? See, it's inevitable that all men will die, but it's also inevitable that those of us who live for Jesus and believe in him will never die, even though we die. This is one of those profound mysteries of the gospel. Because see, what the world experiences and what the world knows and what frightens the world and honestly, what frightens many in the church because of death is because all they can see and experience and know is what is in front of them. It's this physical. And they fail to realize that we are truly spiritual beings living in a physical body. And what Jesus is saying is, while your physical body will die, if you believe in me as being the resurrection and the life, your spirit will never die. 
That's the thing that we have to believe. And then all it becomes is, I'm just leaving this meat suit and I'm gone. I'm not dead. Oh, this vessel will die. This vessel will pass away, but I will not. See, the world is afraid of death. The world is so afraid of death. That's why the biggest thought leaders out there in the world are trying to beat death. They're trying to extend our life, trying to come up with solutions for every possible sickness and disease to prolong life, trying to do everything they can for that. Well, you know what? I don't have to be a big thought leader. I don't even have to think about how to prolong my life because Jesus has already done it. They can be sitting there and try to extend their mortal life. I already have eternal life. And I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to even think about it. It's already been done for me. See, when the world is, is hurting like this, here's Jesus and he's like, I'm the life. What you really need to understand about Jesus being the life is that Jesus frees people from death. Death has no hold on them and can't keep them. Jesus is asking Martha here, he's like, do you believe this? See, that's what the world needs is to believe this because then they can experience this. But how are they going to believe this? How are they going to believe in Jesus if we don't give them Jesus? All we got to do is just give them Jesus so that they can have life. See, the world that's around us, the people that are around us, they're blind, they're confused, and they're afraid. Headlines will continue to show us this. They continue to show us that the world is full of people like this. And yet God gave us the solution. He sent His Son to us to show us the way to speak the truth, and to give us life. The easiest thing for us to do, the best thing for us to do, is exactly what God the Father did. Just give Him Jesus. Jesus. 